prayer and fasting on this edition of Truth in Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Today, I am joined on the podcast with Pastor Brad Bigney, who's the pastor of Grace Fellowship Church in Kentucky. He's been at the same church for 23 years now. Praise the Lord, Brad, for that faithfulness and uh, for the Lord blessing your efforts there at the local church. So excited about that. And then he's been married for 32 years. What a blessing and testimony that is as well. He's one of our certified counselors. Many of you who've been involved in ACBC know Brad uh, well and know his teaching. Well, today he's going to talk to us about this very important subject of prayer and fasting. And so, Brad, we're so glad that you're here uh, to give us some instruction today on this topic. Well, it's a joy, Dale. I uh, was thrilled when I was invited to talk about this because I really do think that for a community of people that are really excited about the Bible, that would be ACBC kind of people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I sense and I wish that they would be equally excited about prayer because I think these two things go together. It's God's word and as you use it and you are praying and crying out to him to take out hard hearts, there's some amazing things that we can see happen. But I think prayer is a big part of it. And sometimes most Christians would be quick to admit, oh, my prayer life needs help. Mm. You know, they sometimes they'll admit, oh, I should read my Bible more. But I think prayer, I, I hear even a little more sadness. Oh, I know I should pray more. Mm. Yeah, it's it's like we know it's in the in the scriptures, but sometimes we we struggle. It is a wrestle. It is a discipline for yeah. us to to pray. Now, you mentioned that we are people who love the Bible in ACBC, and as we think through anything uh, that we should be involved in and what we should be practicing, we need to hear a biblical basis for that. And so, Brad, could you just talk to us a little bit about a biblical basis for this idea of prayer and fasting? Yeah. I think for me, Dale, I grew up in the church. I was saved when I was seven. I'd been on staff at a good uh, Southern Baptist church in South Carolina for 10 years. And in a real way, in 1995, when I when I went to do the church plant, I thought, this is a chance for a do-over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of things on my heart, one of them being, all right, let's put biblical counseling at the center as the hub, and every ministry is a spoke from that. But the other thing heavy on my heart is I thought, you know what? What might God do if I really prayed? Mm. I mean, you know, I was leaving a church of 600, so of course you're, it's easy to say, I'm so busy and I've got so many programs, I don't have time to pray. Mm. Then you go to do a church plant and you're like, well, I'm doing it all. I'm playing my guitar. I'm answering the phone. Hello, Grace Fellowship. Mm. I'm leading the only small group we have. But I thought, if not now, then when? Mm. And I decided I'm going to pray an hour, hour and a half a day before I check email, before I do anything else. Mm. And then I set aside six days of prayer and fasting that I put on the calendar, and by God's grace, I still do it. They're on the calendar for 2019. So I go away in August for three days and plan out my, my new year. And by God's grace, I still just put it in there. And uh, I've been amazed what God has been pleased to do. I've cried out to Him for everything, keyboard players, drummers, people we need, people we need to leave, mm. <laughs> <laughs> offerings, money. And uh, it's been exciting to see what God has done. The biblical basis, it's all through scriptures. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. Mm -hmm. 
But even in places where, like in the Sermon on the Mount, I see Jesus saying things like, when you give, do it like this. Don't sound a trumpet. When you pray, Mm -hmm. do it like this. And then right in that same passage, when you fast. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like in our culture today of Christians, it's almost like that's very odd. Just a few, maybe just the Green Berets will do Mm -hmm. that. But Jesus talked about it as this is just right in, right in the center of normal what we would be doing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he talks about it as it being something that's common to us. It, it reminds us of our dependence yeah. on God and the source of all that we, all that we need. And uh, now you talked about scheduled times of prayer and fasting, and, and that's critical certainly as we, as we plan and as we think relative to what God would have us to do. Um, but I'm sure there are other times throughout the year that come up uh, how do you go about knowing or, or uh, sensing that uh, this is a good time that I should pause my life and yeah. focus on this issue of, of prayer and devoted uh, fasting to the Lord? Yeah. You know, honestly, this, th- there's probably not one right answer, but I have to be honest and say, Dale, I've, I've, never, I've never added another time. Mm-hmm. I'm a very scheduled guy, and for me, with the size of the church and the amount of travel and what, if I don't have it on there, it would never happen. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put it on, and then I just have to make sure I guard it because inevitably when I look at that week, by the time I get there, it's like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no way. There's no way I can do that mm-hmm. now. With, And I just say, yep. I'm going to. If I didn't put them on there in advance, I don't think they'd ever happen mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And then every three years, I put on there uh, to go away for three days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got about three hours for me. There's a Trappist monastery, mm-hmm. a silent monastery where they make bourbon and cheese mm-hmm. and don't talk. Mm-hmm. And I'll go do that. So like mm-hmm. next year is on my calendar for December to go for three days. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing quite like going three days without talking to anyone but God. Mm-hmm that is really sweet and reorienting. Mm-hmm. And as we think about prayer and fasting and its usefulness, not just um, commanded that we participate in, in our normal daily life, but its usefulness in the counseling room. Mm. Uh, there are ways that we can utilize this discipline for our counselees or, or for oh, yeah. us as we're working with them in counseling. Talk a little bit about how you found that to be useful. Yeah. God in his mercy, back to kind of your previous thing, are there times where I think, oh, I need to. Mm-hmm. In the mercy of God, often when I have a counseling case that it really needs that, it's on my calendar. Mm-hmm. So probably the one that just stands out in my mind the most, I had a day of prayer and fasting already on the calendar. I was headed over to the cabin where I go. It's about 45 minutes from where I live. Mm-hmm. And I got another text just from someone how bad that situation was. Mm. She, she hadn't gotten out of bed in three weeks. She'd rejected her small group. Everybody that was reaching out, she just mm-hmm. rebuffed. She's on a lot of medications and just the biggest mess. Mm. So I dropped to my knees as soon as I got settled in there. I, I had an agenda of what I had planned to do, and I just set it aside. And I began to cry out with my Bible open. I love to read passages and pray them, pray them. And I probably prayed and cried out to the Lord for about two and a half hours for her. Just said, God, please, just you get her, open her eyes, just, and I kid you not, I'll never forget on Sunday when I finished preaching, there she was in the aisle. Mm. I was like, oh my goodness, well, there she is. Mm. And she grabbed me and said, hey, I need to meet with you this week. It, it shouldn't take long. Well, I thought, oh no, she's, this is it. She's going to say I'm divorcing him, da, da, da. And when I met with her, she said, on Thursday, 
Well, that's when I was praying, praying and fasting. Mm-hmm. She said, my father was an alcoholic. My brother was a drug addict. And I, they both said they did it to check out on life. Mm-hmm. And she said, I thought that would be great. And she said, it was like Thursday. I was in this black pit. And all of a sudden, I just thought, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Mm. This is not how great I thought it would be. And so then I just began to talk to her about the marriage situation. And she just completely broke and said, yes, I'll forgive. So I got the husband back in the room the next week. Literally Sunday, this past Sunday as I was preaching, I made eye contact with them. They're sitting together. They're still married. Mm. And that was a massive breakthrough of the Lord. Mm. There was not a worksheet. It was not a booklet by some counselor. It was God. You know, what's interesting as I hear you talk about that is that is the attitude of Paul consistently when he describes, even in 1 Corinthians, why he chooses intentionally not to use words of eloquence or uh, human wisdom when he's teaching about God. And he doesn't boast in anything other than Christ. He wants people to boast only in Christ. And, you know, in prayer and fasting, we're not doing anything in particular. We're not not coercing God or anything like that. Uh, What we're saying is, God, you're the only one who can accomplish these things. And the beauty of the testimony that you just described is, you can't blame that on Brad Bigney. That's right. You can't blame that on uh, anything but the the kindness mm-hmm. and the grace and the mercy mm-hmm. of God to see these kinds yeah. of breakthroughs. You know, you have people, Brad, who talk about prayer and fasting, uh, particularly fasting, having to go without food and how weak we feel. And, you know, uh, we tend to focus on how fasting will affect us. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about how you've actually experienced a different yeah. understanding yeah. Uh, physically in fasting. I think, especially as Americans, we do not realize how how full we stay, and we just kind of are, are grazing constantly. And I'm, I'm not saying it's necessarily uh, to the point of sin, but we do need to keep in mind our bellies are so full so often, your blood is going there. Even, even when people talk about how sluggish you feel through the afternoon, there's reasons for that. Mm-hmm. So what I have found with fasting whether it's a day or even the times I've done it for three days. I've fasted for three days at a time for my adult children that are unconverted and for some health situations, is yes, you begin to feel a little weaker physically as far as like when you stand up quick from a chair, but I've still been able to do my job. I mean, I'm not pouring concrete or or working with a sledgehammer. I'm a pastor, but it's it's a clarifying time. My mental clarity And the insights, if I'm reading or studying or prepping, if I'm praying, I, my mind doesn't wander off as much. I don't start to dr- get feel drowsy. Mm. It is actually a wonderful time spiritually and for thinking when you are fasting. As we talk about this idea of prayer and fasting, you know, people are listening and they're wondering, man, I want to, I want to walk with God. I, I want to have that type of intense fellowship with the Lord where I devote myself in these ways. What are some tips that you would give to somebody on how to begin this process of disciplining themselves to prayer and fasting? Yeah. The the go-to booklet that I send people to, if this is brand new to you, Bill Bright has a little blue booklet simply called Fasting. I think you can get it on Amazon. It is great because it talks about consider health issues if you're diabetic, low blood sugar if you're pregnant. And then he just mentions different types of fast, different ways that you could fast. But also, if you're interested, I have a website, bradbigney.com. Not our church site, but bradbigney.com. 
If you go there and you click workshops, I've got a workshop on fasting and a workshop on prayer. When you click either one of those links, all my favorite resources that I love to point people to are listed there. I've got some of the favorite ways that I spend a day. If you say, well, what would I do for a whole day in prayer? I've got several agendas and and suggestions there and just some good stuff if you're looking for more ideas of how would I get started. Go to bradbigney.com, click workshops, click fasting, or click prayer. And I'll also consider Bill Bright's booklet that I think is still available. Thank you, Brad, so much. This has been a very helpful conversation uh, as we think through this very important uh, truth about prayer and fasting. Thank you, Dale. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. This coming year in October, we will be meeting together in Memphis, Tennessee, and we will be meeting together for our pre-conference and annual conference. During our pre-conference this year, we will be focusing on the topic of human suffering and heaven's hope. And by God's grace, Brad and his wife, Vicki, will be sharing with us about several of their experiences. And we would like to invite you to be a part of that very important time together at our pre-conference on human suffering and having the hope of heaven in view. You can find out more information about that conference and other trainings that we offer at our website, biblicalcounseling.com.